If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. So good to be here this morning. I am excited and I'm very honored to stand in the pulpit of what I consider to be, uh, and many consider to be, an excellent man. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, your pastor outside of these four walls and inside the four walls, I know he means a lot to you, but he means a lot to the world. And he's a yeah. big deal. And uh, that people look to him for wisdom in all, all kinds of areas. And so I'm very honored to be his friend. Uh, very honored to be uh, associated with him and connected to what they're doing here. Uh, Pastor Heather, of course, is a, a, a bonus to that. Uh, she sweetens the deal quite a bit, you know, because there has to be that sweet side too. So uh, we get her as well. So uh, very excited to be here this morning and to bring to you the promise of prosperity. Now, Pastor Eric re- uh, reminded you of the, the promises that we've gone through in the past few weeks, which are uh, the promise of uh, the Spirit, which is excellent teaching, uh, I feel. I encourage you, if you were not here that day, to get the podcast and hear about the Holy Spirit and how it changes your life and how it adds all types of things. Uh, you know, the, the Spirit was created for the, the whole church, yes. not just one denomination or one non-denomination. The word denomination means division of a nation. Man made up denominations. Man divided the church. The church was the body of Christ from the beginning, and the promise of the Spirit was the, to the entire body, right? But because some didn't want to believe it and some wanted to believe certain things, they divided it up and chopped it up and go, well, we'll be Presbyterian or we'll be Baptist or we'll be whatever, instead of the whole church being what it's meant to be. And so when you see the difference in non-denominational churches, it's all the body of Christ, Okay. I encourage you to get past that in your thinking and realize that the Spirit was a promise to you, to the whole church, and it changes. It really does change everything in your life. The promise of healing, which was fantastic last week, uh, and some of you have have been tested this week, I'm certain, because when you hear the word, the Bible says that the the, the, uh, uh, offense comes because of the word. And so the enemy will immediately try to attack in that area and go, well, let me see if, they, let me see if it took. Let me see if I can snatch it away from them because, before it becomes a concrete part of their life. And so and then you, you hear a great message of healing, and then the next day you got the sniffles, and you're like, oh, man, here we go with this. But he brought also the, prosper, uh, the, uh, the promise of victory, yes. which means that we overcome all the time, and you don't have to live, lose another day in your entire life. Isn't that amazing? These are the promises of God. And the Bible says that all the promises of God, all of them, are in him, yes and amen. In other words, settled for one, with one gift to the earth. I'm here to talk to you today about the promise of prosperity, which differs in men's mind a little bit than the rest of the promises because you can receive the promise of the Spirit and be happy about it and feel like God wanted you to have it and you can receive it and life is good and you don't feel guilty at all. You can receive the promise of victory and go, hey, you know what, I'm going to win no matter what and not feel guilty at all. You can receive a healing in your body and go, that was a promise that was given to me. I receive it, I'm healed, and I don't feel bad about it. But for some reason, when you talk about the promise of prosperity, people go, well, I don't know about that. I don't know how people are going to look. Uh, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be a representation of the, of the body of Christ, which for years has been taught that, you, that because of that, you have to give up and sacrifice and live, and that's nonsense. You're a representation of a great big God who just so happens to own everything and be rich. Amen. 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 We're going to look at the promise of prosperity today, and I want you to just take the mask off of all the things that, that the, all the, the limits that you would try to place on this. Because Jesus stood in front of the disciples. He said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Like Pastor Eric said, he just threw it out there and said, deal with that. <laughs> whatever means whatever. 
You can look it up in any dictionary and the definition is the same. Whatsoever is whatever you desire. No matter how big, no matter how, how extravagant, is God not extravagant? Does he not cause oceans to separate in front of people's faces and people go, oh, wow, look at that. He's an extravagant, outlandish, do whatever he wants to, no limits God. And he has placed you on this earth to be an extravagant, outlandish, peculiar people. You are called. You are set apart. You are not like everybody else. You do not live in the boundaries of what men allow you to have. You live in the freedom of what Christ paid for on the cross. This is the truth. The Bible says that Abraham and Lot, Abraham became very, very rich. Abraham was a friend of God. And he received a promise from God, said, Abraham, I promise you, I swear, I'm going to bless you. In blessing, I will bless you and multiply your seed. Your children, share, your, your seed will inherit the nations. Everything will belong to you, I promise you. I swear by my own name, the Bible says, because there was none greater for him to swear by. He swore by himself that he would bless Abraham. And as a result, the Bible says that Abraham was very rich. Rich in land, rich in cattle, rich in jewelry, gold, silver, all these earthly possessions. He was rich because he understood the promise of God on his life. So much so that he and his brother had gotten so wealthy and so big that the Bible says that the land could no longer support them where they were. You got so many cows that you ran out of grass. You got so many jewels that you, you don't have place enough to put them anymore. This is the overflow and the abundance of the promise of God. So what did he do? Did he apologize and go, well, I need, to, I need to scale back a little bit, I guess. I've gotten too much. No, 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 no. The Bible says that they walked to the top of the mountain, him and Lot, and they scouted out a new place of land. He says, that one won't do anymore. We've got too much. We've got to find something new. So they go up higher. Understand that when a door closes on you, it is not because God is angry with you. It is not because you have too much or it's time to scale back a little bit. It's because God is trying to get you to look up. Look higher. He's a God of progression. He's a God of more. He's not a God of backwards. Go higher. And they stood on the mountain together, Abraham and Lot. And Lot said, what do we do, Abraham? What do you think we ought to do? And they're looking over these two pieces of land that were great. Abraham said, I don't know. You go left and I'll go right. Or, or I'll go left and you go right. Doesn't really matter. You're deciding the fate of your family. All these things that God has given you, all these people who are looking to you, you are the father of faith. And your decision making is, I don't know, you go left, I'll go right. Or I'll go left and you go right. Yeah, because Abraham had an understanding that the blessing was deposited in him. And no matter which land he chose, no matter which direction he chose to go, he was going to be blessed because the blessing went where he went. So if the land looks like desert, it doesn't matter. The, the land is blessed because you are there. You have the ability and the promise on the inside of you that will turn a desolate land into a flourishing field because the promise is with you. I hear a lot of people go, well, I just don't, I don't know if this is the Lord's will if I do this or, or I really feel like I want to do that. The answer is yes. Well, is it left or right? Yeah. Well, do I go up or... But? Yeah. Well, I don't know because I got all these decisions. Yeah. Okay. Do them all. Yeah. 
say, how much prosperity can I have? How much do you want to do? How big do you want to be? How much influence would you like to have in the earth? How much purpose can you attach to your life? That will decide how much wealth you obtain. You understand? Because it's not about you. It wasn't about Abraham and all that he could have. It was about the promise that God made to him that his children would own everything. The same promise, incidentally, that is on you. The Bible says that we have now received the spirit, of the, the promise that Abrahamic blessing is upon your life. Christ became a curse for you so that you could become a blessing to the nations, so that you could be blessed. This is the promise. I want you to turn in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, if you wouldn't mind. People get uncomfortable when you talk about prosperity in church. They get weird about it. Are we allowed to talk about money? Well, do you need money in your life? Yeah. Yeah, you do. It's the world system. It's the way, it's the way you get things. It's the way, you, it's the way you, you further things. So, yes, it is necessary to speak yeah. about it. Yeah. You want to go to Walmart and talk about it with somebody who ain't got none? Or you want to come to church that's wealthy and go, hey, uh, I think I'll listen to yeah. what the Lord has to Amen. say about it. Hmm? You don't mind talking about it at the coffee shop looking over a newspaper, but you come to church, you want to, oh, Lord, I don't know. you going to talk about money. <laughs> Somebody showed up today and said, I knew Pastor Brandon was preaching. I was going to hear something about giving. Well, actually, I came to tell you about wealth. It just so happens that you can't separate the two. Concerning the Bible, wealth and riches and giving are all the same thing. They are a flow that cannot be separated one from the other. I have plants in, 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 in my yard. I used to have them in my house, but we couldn't keep them alive. We just, I felt sorry for him. I said, poor little plant, sat there all day long in that window wishing I'd water it. But I don't have time today. I'll water it tomorrow. Next thing you know, that sucker dead as a doornail. <laughs> the ones in our yard, though, they're called, uh, I forget what they call What do you call the ones that are, that are annual? They come back every year. Say again. Perennials. Perennials, yes. When I hear that word, I think every year or I can't kill it. So those are the kinds I like because they don't, they don't require a lot of attention and they're going to come back anyway. So bless the Lord. The earth is full of plants. And plants have a certain function to humans. Did you know that? That God designed us to have this flow together. He designed us to flow in giving and receiving from the beginning. As a matter of fact, the very first covenant that God ever made with man was with a man named Noah. And the very first promise of that covenant was... As long as the earth remains, Noah, seed time and harvest. God's very first promise of his very first covenant. That means that that is in God's nature to reproduce after its own kind. Everything makes another one like it. That's how God designed it to be. And we have this very natural flow with plants in that we give off carbon dioxide when we exhale. And they, in turn, take the carbon dioxide, turn it into oxygen, and give it back to us so that we can inhale. And this is the flow that we have of giving and receiving. And as a result, we both, we both flourish. Right? If either of us fail to do our portion, we will both die. Both us and plant life. If humans just all of a sudden stopped exhaling what they needed, the plants could not survive. Or if they failed to give off oxygen that we need to survive... We would not make it. 
Because we were meant to flow in this giving and receiving. This is the way God designed it to be. This is God's plan to flourish and to fill the earth. It's giving and receiving. Seed time and harvest. It's the design. Always has been. Prosperity is not something that you receive out of thin air. It's not something that's out there that you're trying to obtain. A lot of people think that it's just something that, uh, that, that, that you can just uh, start adding things to your life. It's a taking position. It's not. It's not. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. <clears throat> I love this scripture. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Amen. It doesn't get any plainer than that. Uh, you could pretend I didn't just say it, you can pretend that you're not reading it and seeing it with your own face. You can choose not to believe it. But your lack of believing will not change that promise being true. Your opinion of the promise will not change the promise. It will only change your capacity to receive it. If you believe it to be true and you act upon the promise, then that for, therefore it opens your life up to receive what the promise has for you. But if you shut it out and go, oh, I don't know if I believe that or not, well, you just lowered your capacity to be able to receive that thing. But I believe I'm in a room full of people who are going to go higher today. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You want to go higher. You want to get up out of where you've been. Yeah. Some of you are not happy with your job. Some of you are not, uh, not, not satisfied with life and you feel like you've been running around in the same circle. And I used to enjoy what I'm doing, but I'm not doing now. And I, I truly believe that the Lord sent me here to tell you today it's because you have outgrown the land. There's more to you, more riches on the inside of you, more bigness to your life than what the land can now support. Look higher. Go higher. Go up and search out what it is that you want. Stake claim to it because the blessing belongs to you. The blessing will flow where you flow. This says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus. Isn't that fantastic that it's a grace that we can know? It's a grace that we can understand. How, do we, how is it possible that we know such a fantastic grace? Well, grace first knew you. And you have this relationship like the human and the plant. That everything that you see in the natural flows out of what is spirit. Because the grace knew you. The Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void and without form. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. I love that. You guys hear me say it all the time. Y'all say, every time Pastor Brand speaks, he goes, Genesis chapter 1. I, I can't get over it. I love it. <laughs> the earth was void and without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is the moment of creation, the moment when it all started. This is the beginning. In the beginning, this is how it looked. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. So in the beginning, we see that the light, which was natural, came about as a response to what the Spirit said. Because natural always responds to Spirit. Prosperity is not something that you're trying to obtain from the outside in. It's something that you release from the inside out. It's something that you have on the inside of you based on a deposit that was made by grace. 
I cannot write you a check that will be a good check unless I have first made a deposit. But once the deposit is made, it is up to me the freedom to release that however I see fit. You understand? And so when a deposit of prosperity was made on the inside of you because though he were rich, he became poor, he placed on the inside of you the ability to prosper. He placed prosperity on the inside of your spirit. And when you release it by giving, the earth then has to give back to you. Because it's a give and take. It's the way it was designed. When you release what is in the spirit, the natural responds by giving back to you. I don't know how y'all didn't say amen right there. Maybe, maybe we'll take another angle. Maybe you, don't, maybe you didn't get that. By the way, my friend Michael's here today. Would you stand up, Mike, in the back? My big guy, Mike. That's my buddy right there. So if you guys got a problem with what I'm saying, you can see him after service. My man's here. <clears throat> the Christ became poor. Though he were rich, he became poor. All of the promises of God are in him, yes, and amen. The promises are in him. The manifestation is in you. Because he deposited to you what used to belong to him. I, uh, I've always believed that man is, man is designed for a purpose. I knew that years ago before I knew much of anything else. What I didn't know is that God designed it that way. I had this understanding before I knew the Lord that, that there was something that I should be doing with my life. There's something that there's some reason why I'm made. I think most humans have that understanding. Where they fall short is what is that reason? Why am I here? So the question that we hear from young people all the time who are trying to sort out life and trying to figure out what direction they're going. Why am I here? I know there must have been a purpose for me. Why am I here? It is very true that you were designed for a specific purpose. God has always had a plan to deliver. God has always had a plan to, to accomplish what he sees fit in the earth. His people needed delivering, so he created them a Moses. And Moses was raised up to deliver the people. Then his people needed uh, to know that they could go into the promise, and so he raised up a Joshua to solve that problem. He made a Gideon to deliver. He created a Samson, a very unique set of skills. And the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, that before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. That he set you apart and sanctified you as an instrument for his work. He created you for a purpose. And if there is a purpose for you, there is a need for your purpose in the earth. The people needed a savior. So the Bible says that there were some shepherds in a field keeping watch over the flock by night. And suddenly a, a heavenly host appeared to them. Said, Do not be afraid for I bring you Glad tidings, joy will be to all nations. For unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior that is Christ the Lord. Because where there was a need, he created a person. He created a thing to fulfill that need. There is a need for you in the earth. Otherwise, you would not exist. But when he designed you, he designed you and placed inside of you certain things. All the things necessary for you to fulfill your purpose on this earth. 
The earth needs you. The world needs you to be who you were created to be. And in order for that to, to do that, you have to live free of the, the, the bondage of not having enough to complete. God did not give many options to men on salvation. He gave exactly one. God did not give many options to pay for healing. He gave one. To pay for salvation, he gave one. To pay for prosperity, he gave one. Some men feel like they're prosperous and have done so outside of God's help. Simply not true. They just refuse to give him credit for it. It is God who prospers. It is God who gives increase. You were created for a divine purpose, for a reason. You're not here by accident. You have an inheritance that Christ paid for. You have a right to be prosperous. Yeah, amen. Live life according to purpose. Isaiah said, I was called from my mother's womb. From the bowels of my mother's, he made mention of my name. What a powerful verse. Did you know that the Lord knows you? That grace knew you so that you could know grace. He designed you a purpose and this grace that brings to you. The Bible says he calls all grace. He is able to cause all grace to abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. He gave it all to you so that you could do all that he created you to do. You have an abundance of everything. There is no lack. The Bible says that he desires that, that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Prospering as a soul thing begins in the spirit and it goes outward. Because it is an inheritance. Jesus was rich. I love the way the message reads it. It says that though he were very rich and owned everything, he became poor and in one swipe, you became rich. At the same time, this is not something that we're trying to achieve. This is something that we are. Because of an inheritance, at the same time he became poor, you became rich. This was the switch. At the same time that he became uh, a sickness, you became healthy. At the same time that he was, was, was beaten and bruised for your healing, you became healed. It's a switch. It's just a, a, complete, a complete transition from one thing to the other. It's not something that we're trying to be. It is something that we are as a result of what has been deposited in us through this wonderful inheritance we have an inheritance and it was intentional I want you to look at this it says that though he were rich for your sake for your sake he became poor it was not an accident we think that him becoming poor was just a byproduct of the job that he had to do that because he had to come to earth, naturally he had to give up things. So we don't consider it any big deal that he left a place where the streets were made out of gold. Where he didn't have to work for anything, where he never had to do anything. He wanted to come down here and be a carpenter. Work with his hands and get splinters. Do all these things when he had everything he wanted up there. The walls are made of jasper. I can't even imagine the scene of heaven that he had to leave. 
belonged, all of it belonged to him. When he came to the earth, he did it on purpose. I feel like it's important to tell you today that it, everything you do must be with intention. That when you go through life lack, lackadaisical and just sort of whatever will be, will be, you're going to get what life hands you. But when you intend to be prosperous, when all your motivation in life, when everything is moved toward a common goal, and that is to have everything that Christ paid for, then that is what you receive. Because he became poor on purpose. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't something he kind of did. You guys watched the video last week of what he went through for your healing, yes? How powerful is that little glimpse into it? Probably didn't even do it much justice. It's the closest thing that we can, in our minds, wrap our mind around the beating that he took for our healing. And he did that not on accident. He did it on purpose for a reason. And that same grace is the grace that we know of our Lord Jesus, that though he were rich, on purpose he became poor for the purpose of you. You were the reason. You've always been the reason. The reason for every action, the reason for every grace, you are the reason. He paid it all so that you could have it. Not just enough. And somebody, some uh, people drive me crazy. Pastor Brandon, all I want is enough for me and my family. Well, that's good. You're a selfish human being. Because there's a whole great big world out there besides you. And if all you got is enough to barely get by, all you want is enough to barely get by, how are you going to be a help to somebody else? How are you going to fulfill the purpose of God in the earth? You got to start thinking outside of yourself. Because when you start doing that, prosperity is an automatic result. I live by a few rules in business, and one of those rules is that I don't do business with anybody that says, it's not personal, it's just business. If I'm in a meeting with a CEO or some very important person, no matter how big the deal is, no matter what it may yield, if that person allows to come out of their mouth, it's not personal, it's just business, I will get up and walk off. Go, I'm sorry, we can't do business because I don't believe the same thing as that. Because in business, whatever avenue we've chosen, this is the way we've chosen to feed our families. This is the, the path that we've taken to make sure that our children have a good life, to make sure that there's food on the table and that my children don't go barefooted. I can't imagine anything more personal than that. Some people say, well, you shouldn't mix the two. Well, they're mixed whether you like it or whether you don't. Rule number two is profit is a result and not a reason. Profit will happen as a result of you doing what you're supposed to do. People who chase only profit will find it, and they will find an unfulfilled life right behind it. Jim Carrey, the actor, said one time, you know Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura, the crazy, make his face look all wild. I'm not a big fan of his, but I did enjoy what he said one time. He said, I wish that every human had the opportunity to be rich so that they could know that money is not the answer. It's not about having. It's about being. It's about having your life attached to a purpose. Life is about purpose. I'm going to teach you something this morning that I taught the first service, and I feel like I'd be robbing you if I didn't. I don't usually charge for these seminars. 
Something I learned in the course of doing sales over the years and in dealing with people is that the human brain is made up of three parts. That is the, uh, when it comes to decision making, there is the, the what part, the how part, and the why part. Are you with me so far? Categorize decision making in three separate deals, the what, the how, and the why. Now you can explain to someone what your product is, whatever it is. I use this example because I think my friend from Mary Kay is here today, if not. I have the greatest new lipstick that you've ever seen. This lipstick is made out of uh, microbial plastic and da 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 And you describe to them all of what your product is and they go, that's fascinating. They're not going to buy it. You say, well, this is how you apply it. This is how it works. This is what it does for you. This is, a, uh, this is the, you, you place, you just, you just put it on. I don't know anything about putting on lipstick, and please don't Instagram this at this moment, okay? Let me slide a little bit, please. And so you put on the lipstick, and it slides around. And it's very, it's, it's, you apply it like this, and this is how the product works. And they go, that's fascinating, but they're not going to buy it. Because the part of the human brain that is connected with the decision of whether or not to buy something is the why part. So if you can sell them the why, they'll buy the what. That's for free. Apply it to your life. I hope you love it. Because we are designed as humans to have life of purpose. Our, our brains are designed to make decisions and to be triggered by the why. You were the why. The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross. You were always the reason. You were always the reason. You were always the why. For your sake, he became poor. Why? Why do that? So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He paid for it. Why do I want it? Because he paid for it. Why do I want it? Because it's mine. And he said I could have it. And if you're sitting here today and saying, oh, Pastor Brandon, I don't care anything about being rich. I don't believe you. <laughs> he paid for it. Amen. It's yeah. yours to have. Yeah. It's yours to use for a purpose. Yeah. He paid for you to live free of lack. To live free of the confines of what you could or could not do. What you could or could not accomplish based on what you have. He paid for you to live free of it. He became poor on purpose so that you could be rich with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I, before I go any further, I feel the need to point out, because some of you are looking at me funny, well, what does that word rich mean, Pastor Brandon? Does that mean he became spiritually poor so that we could become, that, how ridiculous. I know. Some of you asked the question. I don't want to shoot you down, but the truth is that that word poor means beggar. Lacking anything to do with having anything. That's the literal transition of the word poor. He became without any earthly possession so that we could become rich. That word rich means abounding with outward possessions, having more than enough here on earth. So before we over-spiritualize it and say, well, I don't know if that's, no. He's talking about being rich physically yeah. on this earth. To accomplish his will. Amen. You received an inheritance. And that inheritance came with intention. And that intention came with independence. Freedom. Freedom to live 
and accomplish and live a life of influence without the burden of financial responsibility, without the burden of, of having or not having. Prosperity belongs to you. I went to uh, San Antonio not too long ago. I, I like to go down there. I, I enjoy the town. It's kind of fun. And in fact, I hear a lot of people say it's their favorite place to go. It's a little hot to be my favorite. All right, it's a little humid down there, and they have a few too many mosquitoes, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, uh, we went to the Alamo when, when Silas was uh, just a baby, and uh, we walked in, and it's just, it's, just, it's just rich with history. Okay, if you're not from Texas and you don't understand Pay attention, and maybe I'll help you educate you here today. <laughs> you wonder why Texans walk with such a big attitude? It's because we're bad. <laughs> we went to New York City on a, a, a mission trip, and I was standing there, uh, you know, around the, the relief bus, and there's all kinds of people, and, and one guy comes up and goes, hey, man, where are you from? I said, I'm from Texas. He goes, oh, everything's cool, man. <laughs> I said, yeah, everything's, everything's all right. Went out to San Francisco with my wife. We're standing there. A guy goes, hey, bro, where are you from? I'm from Texas. He goes, oh, all right. Have a good day, man. That was it. End of conversation. Walked off. You have a representation. You have a, 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 a what's it called? A reputation. Pardon me. Reputation for being a Texan. And everywhere you go, people know. They know three things about you. Number one, we got a whole bunch of guns. Number two, we got the death penalty. And number three, we won't hesitate to use neither one of them. <laughs> Proud to be from Texas. It's a big deal. For those of you from the, that are from out of state, welcome. We appreciate you being here. You go to San Antonio, you go inside the Alamo, and there's a sign there that says, please remove your hat out of respect for the people who died, for you to have the freedom to walk in here today without control of other people. Such a powerful moment. You, you must remove your hat. You have, to, you have to honor what they went through when you read their names on the wall. These are not fictions of characters of, 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 of books that were written. These are real people. The names of family members, the names of 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 people from Tennessee who fought with us. So if you're here from Tennessee, you're not Texan, but we'll take you. <laughs> Rest of y'all, I don't know yet. You're on the fence. You go in there, it's a very solemn moment because on March the 6th, 1836, for 13 days a battle had been raging between the Mexican army and the Texas volunteers. 13 days. And it come down to March the 6th. 150 men inside the Alamo, that's all, against thousands of the Mexican army. They had crossed over the Rio Grande, and this was going to be the last battle. For days, William Travis had sent letters out saying, we need some help from other colonies in the United States. From over there. We need a little bit of help here. There's 150 of us, and there's thousands of them. We need some help. But if you don't send it, we're still not going to leave that we spark a flame that will ignite a nation, we will not leave. And on March the 6th, the morning, Santa Anta sent over a letter demanding, demanding the surrender of everyone in there. They said, we will not kill you if you'll surrender now. 
He sent over a letter. Travis sent back a cannonball. And on the cannonball, there was a little piece of paper, and he read, come and take it. And they raised the flag in front of the Alamo so that all the army could see, that the enemy could see from all the way around, and the flag had a little star and a little cannon, and it was a white flag, and it said, come and take it. 150 men, and they fought valiantly, and every one of them died. What a glorious death. When reinforcements finally came, they rode up on the scene. It was too late. The place had been burned. Bodies everywhere. The blood of our brothers on the ground defending our freedom. A blood, a blood that, that, that spoke of better things. Of an independence to be who we wanted to be. So that we would not be controlled by anything that blood was shed on the ground. And they found the flag tattered and torn and bloodstained. And they read, come and take it. And the words of Travis said, let this spark a flame that ignites a nation. And all the way to San Jacinto, they shouted out in battle, remember the Alamo. Be encouraged by what happened there. Remember the Alamo. And that cry has gone from battles from, for ages. Even in other countries, they say, remember the Alamo. Remember the men that died and they fly that flag. And they rode to San Jacinto and they defeated the Mexican army in 20 minutes. 150 Texans fought for 13 days. But because of the flame, 20 minutes and that battle was over. And Texas won its independence. We had the right to make our own con constitution, to make our own rules, to not be guided by what other people say we could have, all because there was a cause that was greater than life. The Bible says that he has brought you to his banqueting table. And his banner over you is love. Yeah. That love that was greater. That love for you that was worth more. Amen. It's a flag that flies over your life. That banner is a bloodstained banner that speaks of better things. That demands you to remember that you were worth dying for. Yeah. So that when you get into hard times, when you don't know if, you're, if, you, if it's God's will to bless you, if you don't know, remember the flag. Remember what was paid for you. It's a constant reminder that you were worth it. You were worth all of it. The Bible says, for he who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? That blood-stained flag that flies over your life is a, remember that, is a reminder that God gave you everything. He gave you everything he had. Yeah. You were worth it to him. Praise. That your prosperity was worth him giving his life yeah. so that you could live free and happy and full of joy. Remember, remember when times get tough yeah. that he paid for you. You were worth it to him. Let's bow our heads. Father, we do thank you for your goodness.
Thank you, Lord, for the price that you paid for our freedom. Freedom from oppression. God, freedom from, from fear. Freedom from lack. God, there are those in this room who have never known abundance, Lord. That money has always been an issue. It's always been in the back of their mind, God. It seems like for generations that their family has gone in circles concerning this. Lord, we stand here today in the authority of the finished work of Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed for us, for our independence. We say thank you for your blessing, Lord. We want to go higher. We are not content to walk the same path. This land cannot support us anymore. We must go higher, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, for those under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, for blessing them richly. Lord, your word declares that you give us richly all things to enjoy. That it is your will that we prosper and be in health. We thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, if you're here today with every head bowed and you say, Pastor Brennan, say, I got to know this grace. I have got to know the grace that you speak of, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am tired of living the way I'm living now. I feel like there's more to life and I want it because he paid for it. If that's you, I don't care what area of life it is. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. And that life can be different concerning finances. Life can be different concerning your prosperity, concerning every area of your life because a great price was paid. God didn't give you best. He gave you only. God didn't give you enough. He gave you all. He gave you all he had so that you could have all. If that's you this morning, right where you're at, I want you to just start to pray. Everybody in the house, I want you just to begin to pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you see the struggle of every person here today. God, not only do you see it, but you see them. And you saw them in the beginning, before they were ever formed. And you placed within them all the necessary things to overcome. So, Lord, as we present this promise today... Lord, I thank you that this promise will cause life to be bigger, that they will attach themselves to the promise of God and begin to walk, walk out this great big life that you designed for them. Lord, I thank you right now. I speak prosperity over your people in the name of Jesus. I speak a flow of the favor of God the way it was intended to be. I thank you, Lord, that they will begin to find favor with God and men everywhere they go, Lord. And as they find it, they'll begin to look for it. And as they look for it, they'll begin to find it. And this flow, this back and forth, this give and receive will cause their life to be elevated, to cause their life to flourish, Lord. I thank you that you paid for that. So I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, do something outlandish. Do something to get their attention. Do something, Lord, that's just so great big that it cannot be explained any other way. We believe you for it, Lord. I believe you, Lord, for promotions on their job. I believe you for flourishing and new business. I believe you for creating new ideas, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
thank you for increase in every area in Jesus' name. For those who are here that have been sick, Lord, I thank you that, that you paid for that. Lord, we believe your healing. It is the only thing we believe, and we will not be moved. We will not be persuaded otherwise, for I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. So we refuse to be moved off of this prosperity message. We refuse to be moved off of healing. It is what we believe. It's what you paid for. And we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me this morning? So glad you were here. I want to say God bless you. Thank you again to Pastor Eric. <clears throat> Good. Pastor Eric and, and Heather will be in the back uh, shaking hands and greeting. Uh, he is very nice. She pretends to be. So it's <clears throat> I'm kidding. Don't forget tonight is our bilingual uh, night of worship in Dallas. Uh, so which basically what that means is that part of it you'll understand and part of you you won't. But that we will flow together in worship in Dallas. Uh, there are maps out there in the foyer of how to get there. I encourage you all, uh, all of your link groups to participate. Uh, my link group will be headed down there. Uh, we're going to meet and, and sort of ride together. So if any of you guys are interested in doing that and catching a ride, just hit me up uh, and uh, we'll, see what, we'll see what we can work out, okay? Uh, other than that, I love you. God bless you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy toward us all the time, Lord. Thank you for the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ that with it brought us all things, that he is an all-in-one, all-inclusive gift for all things in life. We look to him. We thank you for that, Lord. I ask you to bless these people as they go out of here now in Jesus' name. Thank you for blessing them with an abundance of peace in their home, Lord, abundance of prosperity in all that they do, Lord. You cause everything they had to do to prosper. We thank you for that, Father. Thank you for your blessing of favor that is for life, causing all grace to abound toward us in every area of life. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.